do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Welcome to a special episode of Small Screeners, where we look back at made-for-TV and direct-to-video movies. And in this case, we're going to be looking at some made-for-TV movies of a different type, some uh, recent streamers that dropped. I'm here with my buddy AJ, my usual cohort. Say hello, AJ. What's up? And uh, we already had uh, some recording for another project on the docket for this week. So I thought, hey, while we're at it, why throw it together a episode of small screeners talking about some of the uh, straight to streaming flicks that have come out the last couple of weeks that have been uh, getting a lot of buzz, especially on, you know, the Twitterverse and whatnot. So those two movies are Prey and Day Shift. Prey being a Hulu exclusive streamer and Day Shift through Netflix. Uh, normally, we don't really do straight to streaming stuff. We look at more at older stuff. But, you know, these movies are really getting a lot of buzz. A lot of people are talking about them. And I just want to talk to AJ about them. So we figured we'd <laughs> make it into an episode of Small Screeners. And there's also another... That's my dog. What's dog? There's also another straight DVD flick we'll be talking about towards the end as well in relation to some Halloween happenings. Uh, but um, you, you. we'll start with Prey, which is a prequel sort of to the Predator franchise set in uh, 1700s. Is that right? 1719. 1719. Centered around a, a Predator taking on a girl from a Native American tribe. And... I'm going to give you the floor, I think, first, because a lot of the chatter about Prey is like overwhelmingly positive. There is, it seems like the people who don't like it are mostly throwing out woke bullshit, Mary Sue garbage arguments. <laughs> and then the other group is like overwhelming praise. Uh, and I know you loved it. I liked it a lot. I had some, some, uh, some issues with it. Uh, I think I liked it less than a lot of people did, but I did like it quite a bit. But I know you were a huge fan of it, so I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, let me know what you thought about Prey. It's just a great fucking action horror adventure movie with a predator in it. You know, it feels like, and you've seen a lot of this talk online where a lot of people are agreeing that this would be a really great angle to take in the Predator franchise, which is just pick a period of time, pick a place, and then just drop a Predator into it. 
Yeah. Um, this is a Whatever really happened good to Billy the Kid? Predator. Fucking A, Predator. <laughs> Gunslinger my ass. Um, but no, I mean, it's just, you know, you've got this young uh, Comanche uh, girl, Naru, who wants to be a warrior, but she's also like a, a healer and like a gatherer of like, you know, uh, supplies and, and food and all that stuff. But she wants to, to be a hunter, which works out well because uh, here comes another hunter from, you know, the hunter from another planet. Mm. And I just, you know, it's just a really good movie. You could you could figure out a way to tell this story with this character without a predator in it. You know what I mean? It's just a yeah. good story. But you add a predator to it and it becomes fucking awesome. <laughs> and Amber Midthunder, I have been singing her praises since the show Legion, mm. the X-Men adjacent FX show with uh, Dan Stevens and Aubrey Plaza. She's got a supporting role in that and she's badass. And whenever she pops up and stuff, she's badass. And it seems like the moment, it seems like the, this came out on Friday. And then by Saturday, she was a star is how yeah. it feels like everybody was like, holy fuck, she's great. And yeah, it's got the dog, Sari, <laughs> Sari, sorry, mm. a great, a great on-screen dog in the long lineage of, of wonderful ass kicking on-screen dogs, yeah. man's best and friend, woman's best friend. He was a, uh, a rescue animal, right? Yeah. yeah I think yeah, it's a her. Awesome. I think it's, she's a rescue animal, a shelter save. Yeah. And she was a mess. <laughs> so, I mean, because she has no, you know, no training. She's not a yeah. trained film or TV dog. Mm-hmm. So they would, you know, it was like Fincher or Kubrick with like 50 fucking takes. But because you couldn't get the dog to hit her mark or do whatever they needed her to do. So every time she would actually do what she was supposed to do, like everyone would like just sigh the greatest relief. And if you were on screen with the dog, you had to make sure he didn't blow it by finally going, oh, my God, thank God. <laughs> But yeah, great dog, great excitement, a really cool a new design for the Predator. It's still kind of futuristic, but also looks like it would have been, you know, an, an earlier, older era. And yeah, man, I mean, it's just, I'm pissed off I had to wait this long, six years, for Dan <laughs> Trachtenberg to make another movie. But when I saw 10 Cloverfield Lane, the director's uh, debut as a feature film, I was like, this fucking dude's got moves. This kid can make some movies. Let's let's fucking do this thing. I'm ready for the yeah. Dan Trachtenberg era. And then nothing for six years. I think he's done a healthy amount of TV. Oh, okay. But I was like, what the shit? <laughs> you know, but here he comes and it's like, yep, he's fulfilling that promise from all those years ago. It's just, yeah, I, I also 100% am with you on what I have seen online which is on the one side overwhelming praise to different degrees like you said you really liked it maybe you didn't like it as much as some other people but you did like it and then on the other side is people how can a girl fight a predator (laughs) it makes my fucking dick hurt (laughs) it's just the biggest cry baby horseshit that we have been seeing ever since well i mean forever yeah, but in the my favorite mo- rebuttal to that is the uh, the Sarah Connor was a waitress <laughs> real. in the first Terminator response, and she became tougher than fucking anybody. Yeah, but yeah, it just it, modern era wise, it seems like this kind of horseshit started with Ray, the, the whole Mary Sue yeah. thing, especially. And it's, it's yeah, if tired. I'm reading something and I see the words Mary Sue, I just stop reading. That person <laughs> doesn't have anything to offer you. Yeah, you know what I mean. 
unless they're bitching about someone using the term Mary Sue, and then you just yeah, kind of know the person they're saying used it, and you go, oh, that person doesn't have anything to offer me. But yeah, it's just really tired, and it's like you said, the moment you recognize it, it's like, fuck you. And the, the moment you see someone in this day and age saying something like, you know, it just didn't work for me because you know how could a girl do this the moment mm-hmm. someone says that you know what you need to know about them and they're not a, <laughs> they're not a serious person you know fuck that person you can just kind of go oh i can just disregard your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> and so we do but yeah overwhelmingly from people who really like movies for for being movies and not because they prop up your white supremacist misogynist <laughs> bullshit everyone else really digs it so fuck yeah we rock yeah, I, I really liked it as well. You know, you said earlier, like, you could do this movie without the Predator. And like, hey, yeah, it could just be the tribe versus these French assholes. And that would be a pretty cool movie, too. <laughs> yeah. And her actually becoming a hunter. Like, because, I mean, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but I mean, that was something I do want to mention that I didn't remember until just now. I love that the movie displays a hierarchy of nature. Mm-hmm. You constantly something you constantly see something, eat something else, which then gets eaten by something else which then gets chased by something, you know, and it's just, and the idea being that up until now, humans were mostly at the top of that, unless they ran into like a bear or the tiger Mm. or whatever, they live off their hunting, but here comes the predator to fuck up that ecosystem. But I just, (laughs) I really love the whole chain of things that the movie visually shows you. And she could have just, the story could have been her just hunting a lion, a real lion. And then, the bear would bear would provide what the predator provides, which is the big, 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 bad motherfucking thing. And you'd have to kill that at the end. I think of it. I, I thought of this watching the the movie near the end that you could take the predator out much like you could take the blind mutated bat people out of the descent. Yeah. And just have it be about these girls doing an under uh, an underground cave spelunking thing that goes horribly wrong because it was plenty tense and and then the monsters show up and it's suddenly worse (laughs) but it would have been a good movie regardless and now i will shut up and let you talk i promise (laughs) uh no i mean you pretty much pretty much nailed it it was the fight scenes were really Mm -hmm. uh, inventive the the um i'm afraid like i'm gonna mostly talk about stuff i didn't like just because (laughs) like the stuff that i like like it's obvious cool action awesome set pieces for for uh chases and and setting things up for trying to trap the predator, all this stuff, the dog, obviously. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, the performances, Mid, uh, Mid Thunder is amazing in it. They're uh, real quick. Speaking of Amber Mid Thunder, I'm going to ask you a question about her. Yeah. Have you heard that when she first was starting out, it wasn't her, her plan was not necessarily to be an actress, her original career plan. Now I read this online, so could be complete bullshit, <laughs> but I buy it because I've seen her in these things. Her original plan was to be an MMA fighter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, I, 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 I buy it. She's mm-hmm. physical as fuck. Yeah. So yeah I was just I mean, wondering if you had heard that. No, I hadn't heard that. I, I And I, honestly, I had not heard of her until the movie came out. I, I never watched Legion. Uh, I hadn't, hadn't seen her or anything else. Bro, uh, you would love Legion. <laughs> See, the reason I haven't watched Legion, I like uh, Aubrey Plaza. I like Dan Stevens a lot. That. The Legion thing as part of the X-Men mythos, I've never cared about. So like when I saw they were doing that show, I was like, why are they, why are they doing that? I, I just didn't. So I don't know. I never gave it a shot. I, I probably would like it, but I've never watched it. Um, I think it kind of just takes the comics as a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. I don't know how uh, faithful it is to yeah. the comics. As someone who doesn't have any history with those comics, it's a fucking killer show, dude. It's <laughs> killer. 
Yeah, I was surprised at all the the good reviews and stuff I heard about it after it, it came out. But yeah, I never checked it out. But it's I think it's on Hulu. It, eventually, I'll probably check it out. But man, I'm just gonna have to fucking come to Kentucky, <laughs> force you to take a week of vacation, and I'm just gonna force feed you a diet of all these things that we've been talking about on the podcast that you've never seen before. <laughs> There's stuff that you've been like, I just actually haven't seen that. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. I get all worked up over it. Anyway, sorry. Legion. Watch it. Legion. She kicks ass. It's on the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she, um, I could see that she's definitely got the physicality for it. I, I assume she's probably pretty small. So I would wonder what weight class she would be in. I forgot. I'm talking to someone who actually knows a thing or two about <laughs> fucking mixed martial arts. Uh, not me. I just like watching people kick the fuck out of each other. But yeah. Chris bringing uh, yeah. it to weight classes and shit. That's, 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 that's where this gets good, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we love Chris. He's got a different, a different skill set than fucking Goofy <laughs> McGee over here. <laughs> you know, speaking of weight classes, the guy who plays the Predator would be in, in a super heavyweight, probably. You, do you know how tall he is? I know he was a basketball player. I, You know what? I can look it up. I'm pretty sure I can figure it out here. I think he's like 6'8 or something like that. Nine. Six nine, yeah, big big Six dude. Foot nine. I really like the design of the Predator. I love the Predator's weapons, uh, with the exception the design, with the exception of the face, like the CGI face. I don't like the the look. Just give me that puppet face from, any, yeah. from every other Predator movie. It's a different thing. Um, yeah. you know, the mandibles like are different, and yeah. but I mean, if we're going off of the other movies in Predators, the third movie. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, in the in the straight Predator series, not the Alien versus Predator right. shit, they do mention that there, at the very least, there was a new version, a newer, like an upgraded model, you know. So they have established that there can be different, I don't know, classes, I guess, if we want to call it that. So maybe yeah. this is just an earlier you know, version of that. But but yeah, it's 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 a different thing, and I can get wanting more of that classic predator, ugly motherfucker look. <laughs> yeah, and again, like the the CGI face, like it's a, it's a minor complaint. It doesn't really take me out of it. That skull helmet's fucking killer, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That, and all the weapons are cool. Like when he busted out that shield, that the was, shield. Oh, <laughs> and he used it to it fucking to, to great effect. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, there's and, a there's a gag with the shield that is not unlike a gag. Well, at least in terms of removing a head from one's body, there's a gag in day shift. Yes, yes. That, yeah, that it was. The, yeah, I know. But I'm bringing it up now, foreshadowing, just to be like, yeah. it gave the similar feeling. That it made me fist pump the same way. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> super kill. Yep. Uh, but the it, it kind of hurts me to say it because you know this dude's a basketball player, so that he's obviously gonna. I'm gonna be a fan of his for that reason you know <laughs> but, basketball um, and mma man that's what we do I, I didn't, yeah the only sports i care about <laughs> literally <laughs> care nothing about any other sport <laughs> but yeah he, he, i didn't really like the way he moved he he seemed more like a human you know he was doing you know the way he was like twirling his his staff or whatever he, he didn't move like i think of a predator moving it just seemed more like okay. a guy in a suit i get you but counterpoint if i may yeah something the movie kind of alludes to it does not make it overtly clear it seems like he's going through the same thing that like she wants to do mm-hmm. then the name of that uh god damn it obviously i'm not gonna remember it it's it's some native american term but like the coming of age thing going on a hunt against something that is also trying to hunt you yeah because it seems like when she sees it come down and she sees it as this omen 
Um, it seems like he gets dropped off by like maybe his mom and dad. It just, I get the feeling that he's a younger hunter, which is why there's that little flourish he does with his knife thing that she does a similar thing with her ex. Oh you yeah. Know, like a flip. Um, and that just seems like being young and kind of cocky, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe that's why he moves like that. Cause I remember the classic Kevin Peter Hall predator is more of a lumbering giant kind of thing yeah. not without grace but it just looks like this big boom 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 <laughs> right. you know like, like oh flip. fuck you know <laughs> but yeah so i mean i get what you're saying but i i think maybe that might be what they're trying to do is kind of hint that this is a younger untested predator much like uh, the movie that a lot of people pretend doesn't exist that they explicitly state <laughs> the young hunters go into the pyramid to fight the xenomorphs Mm. In the first Alien versus Predator, which I will again state, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't I hate. Would, I, I need to watch that first one again because it's been since theaters. I think since I've watched it, but I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it that much. <laughs> so I, never, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. <laughs> Very strictly um, in the kind of don't really give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like whatever. But yeah, the the, uh, the weaponry for the the Predator was all really cool. Mm. I was a little like you know he. He's fighting 200 years, basically, in the past, whatever, 300, I guess. So it makes sense that, like, there are no machine guns for the for the humans and whatnot. But, like, he came here on a spaceship. Why doesn't he have a laser? And I assume the reason is, like, something to do with their code, where, like, they have to downgrade to the level of their opponent in some way. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I do take it that way. But also, they're still cheating motherfuckers. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I they're mean, running around... They're running around invisible. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to go safari, but I'm going to use a crossbow. Like, well, I mean, that's a little better, but it's still not a fair fight. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost more like those really sickening, like, uh, enclosed game hunting things where, like, they're shooting shit that's basically as docile as, like, an old house cat. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but I mean, I guess guess he is hunting with a, a crossbow. I, I, I will agree with that it's like he's hunting with a crossbow, but like the game is drugged. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's still got that much of an advantage. Yeah. But yeah, the cool the weapons were cool. The uh, another complaint I had, and again, I hate I'm not trying to bag on it because I did love the movie, but um the the way she and this is we're in spoiler territory here, so uh, anybody who hasn't watched it, if you're listening to this, you know, Go watch see pray. Yeah. Um so like she kind of tricks him. Because she notices the way his laser sights work, the the, the darts that shoot out are going to follow the laser sights, which is cool and inventive and like smart of her to do. But like, why doesn't the Predator know that's going to happen? <laughs> because it seems like he doesn't know how his own weapons work. Well, I think just uh, it being um, ricocheted back at him was something he didn't see coming. Sure. I, I understood what was going on. In that moment, that is actually one of my very, very small nitpicks is that I don't think it was conveyed as clearly visually as it could have been. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit like, wait, what's going? And then it happened. It was like, <laughs> oh, OK, that's what she did. Like, I knew she was doing something with that, but I didn't completely get it until it happened. And maybe that was the idea. Maybe that we were supposed to go, oh, you know. But yeah, I, I kind of that that's that's a little nitpick I had with it, too, uh, where everything else had been so clear and well uh, shot and well conveyed in a visual storytelling manner. Like, hello, that's what movies are. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just at the moment I was kind of like, what the fuck? Oh, okay. So yeah, small nitpick. 
Yeah. The only other thing I really had to bring up, and again, this is a complaint. It's not a big one. I, it's something that I can easily overlook, but I'll address it. And this is something that I think is a common complaint that is probably overblown, but I will go ahead and talk about it anyway <laughs> because it kind of bugged me. It is like, I understand CGI has to be used and it's a tool and everything. The CGI on the animals was not very good. <laughs> I didn't think, especially the bear, but even like the rabbit, it's like, you can't just get a real rabbit to run around for a second. I don't know. But yeah, so they have the cool, and that fight with the bear was really cool. I really liked that, that scene, that action sequence. And I understand you have to have the bear do things that a real bear can't be trained to really do. And it just kind of annoys me, or I should say disappoints me that like, you can't use a combination of trained animals and maybe animatronics and quick shot, like be more creative uh, without using CGI to convey some of that stuff. I mean, that's kind of a pipe dream at this point because now it's just like, it's I think just it's, cheaper, it's cheaper to it's just cheaper. use CGI than to do anything. Yeah, it's cheaper and easier. Yeah. Uh, yeah and and you, I, can, you can do whatever you want if you're doing CGI. So. Sure. And I think, I think there is an argument to be made, even if people don't necessarily like the level of CGI on which it's operating, there's an argument to be made for having it be uniform, you know, mm-hmm. because especially if it's doing shit that is so clearly not what a real animal can or would do on film or, you know, you, you can't have, I don't give a fuck that the guy's six foot nine. He ain't picking up the bear. And today's audiences are savvy enough, I think, to notice a switch in a way that I think that they would complain about that too. Yeah. Like if Jurassic Park was new and they went about it the same way they did with Jurassic Park, which was some animatronic and, you know, some CG. I definitely understand the argument for wanting some real shots of bears. I think it's funny that one dude got fucking roasted on Twitter <laughs> for mentioning the bear. I didn't <laughs> like, see that. There's, he said something like, you know, bears exist. There's real bears. Why not just use the bear? <laughs> and it's like, because the fucking bear can't do that shit, man. You yeah. can't, you know, you can't do that. And so why not just have one bear the whole time? And I mean, if you're going to have a lot of it be CG, just do the whole thing CG. I think the, that was the same argument for that uh, remake of Call of the Wild that they did a couple years ago with Harrison Ford. And yeah. Mad yeah. that it was a CGI dog the whole time. I think that was the same idea. They could have had a real dog for maybe a good half of the shots, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But then a lot of it, you can't have a dog do the thing they were, the things they were having a dog do in that movie. Yeah. You know, just morally. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Yeah, that, I never saw that, but my love for Harrison Ford was probably going to convince me to watch it eventually. I will definitely watch it. Yeah. But that point. CGI dog is goofy looking. <laughs> I will be able to roll with it. Fuck it. I don't have the problem with CGI a lot of people have. Yeah. Because it's all fake anyway. Fuck it. Right. You know why it looks like special effects? Because it's fucking special. <laughs> There's a lot of people that seem to, if they can recognize it as an effect, that that's it. They're done. And it's like, yeah. well, then what? You expect everything to be 100% photorealistic? Get the fuck out of here. That's, that's, I will not rant. That's all I'll say. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got for, for Prey. I really liked it. It's, you know, it's going to get in the rotation. I would probably place it, you know, it's hard for me to really differentiate. For one thing, I've only seen it once. I need to watch it again. But um, to, to me, for the Predator flicks, there's kind of tears. There's, there's, the original that's kind of on its own and I don't think anything else touches it. And then there's like a second tier where I would put prey and like predator two and predators. And then there's the rest (laughs) Uh, of which alien versus predator is probably the best of the rest, but 
but yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I if we're ranking it, which I can do, I agree with you that the, the original is just such a perfect example of that kind of movie in that time. Yeah, it's just it's fucking Predator, man. You cannot mess with it. You cannot. That said, I think Prey is good enough that I have seen some people out there going, this is my favorite Predator movie. Yeah, I think this is the best. And I get it. Not just because it is a really good movie above and beyond just being a good Predator movie. The story is it's such a different kind of story than the original one is that certain people are going to respond to one or the other more or less. I think, you know, even if you like men on a mission movies kind of thing, badasses in the jungle that becomes one man against one alien, you know, with a little bit of the whole slasher thing of them being picked off one by one, this especially centering a young native girl, there's going to be people that can just relate to that more. There's going to be people who relate to it feeling kind of like a Western because of the whole native aspect of it, because of the time period. Mm -hmm. So I get that. But all that said, the first one is number one. This is number two. My number two used to be Predators because I love Predators. I think Predators yeah, is really fucking great. But this got one. got Boy Crowder in it. Yes. Yes. And Danny Trejo. And I don't care what they call him. He's playing Danny Trejo. <laughs> you know, just like Muppets Most Wanted. Good night, Danny Trejo. Yeah, I, I think Prey is absolutely fantastic. It totally is, to me, the best sense of the original. And it is a, a lot because of it just being such a good movie. But it's also a great Predator movie. The action is fantastic. The choreography is good. Shot well. It's easy to follow. When it's not, it's because it wants it to be a little chaotic, which is just good movie making. And then, of course, Amber Mid-Thunder is a star. And now everyone, so many people know it now. And I think she's just, I think we're going to get a great career from her. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does. So, yeah. Last in the ranking, Predator 2. I rewatched that the week leading up to Prey because I hadn't seen it in some years. Yeah. And I didn't used to like that very much. I thought it was fine, but it was so different than the first one. Yeah. But now it's like, I love it for being that uh, mix of that kind of 80s over-the-top action movie. And it came out in 1990, but that's still an 80s yeah. movie. They mix that with a Predator. You know, again, it's like, it is kind of what right. I want from the series now. You take something else and then just drop a Predator into it. Drop a Predator into a fucking gangster movie. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, a 1930s gangster You know movie. what? That's kind of already happened in Batman versus Predator, one of my favorite Batman comics. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring that. I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute because I was going to ask you about that anyway. But talking about Predator 2, one of the things I really like about that is like you have the first Predator, which is super testosterone pumped up manly men in a jungle military guys fighting a predator. It's like nothing and, but badasses. Yeah. And look, if you're and doing Shane a sequel, <laughs> if you're doing a sequel and you can't get Arnold, you just got to go a completely different way. <laughs> and, and that's what they did. They were like, well, we're just going to get, you know, a cop, you know, we're going to do like an everyman cop and we're going to put a predator in, you know, LA. And it's kind of brilliant that I think that they did it that way. And, and like you said, it's, it's like a cool eighties action movie with a predator in it. And it's just, a lot of badass stuff in that movie. I really like it. Bill Pullman, he's awesome in it. Paxton. Sorry, yeah, Bill Paxton. The other Bill P. Exactly. Sorry to do that. I'm always going to be like, uh, no, that's Pullman, not Paxton. <laughs> that's no, that's Paxton, not Pullman. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that a lot more this last time I watched it. Um, mm -hmm. And I had liked it more the time before that. I'm just talking about literally when it first came out. I was like, eh. But yeah, and I think it is brilliant that they're like, okay, not Arnold, but Danny Glover, who's still a big, imposing fucking guy. 
but feels completely different than normal. And then they surrounded him with an ensemble of just killer character actors. Paxton, Ruben Blades, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso. Hell yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, it's, it's, it's dumb. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's got an all-timer of a tagline. Tagline. Do you remember it? <laughs> um, is it something... It's he's in town with a few days to kill. Oh, that's right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I remember seeing that poster in the movie theater when I was a kid. One of the few times I was able to go to the movies when I was a little kid, there was a poster for that. And I was like, oh, my God, a new Predator movie. I'm trying to remember if. No, I don't think I ever saw that. I know I've seen it. I know you're talking about it. It's like him on the building, like raising up the mm-hmm. the spear or the. the There's another board. poster with a different tagline, but the one I always remember is the. He's in town with a few days to kill. He's <laughs> yeah. got a great purpley red sunset behind him. Very like L.A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a podcast called I Read Movies where a guy reads movie novelizations and like summarizes them. So uh, he, he, you can hear like extra tidbits and stuff from movies that because usually a lot of t- those were written from early drafts of the script and stuff. Uh-huh. And he did an episode on Predator. And there's some stuff in there about how Billy, he has like. It's been a while since I've listened to it, so I can't remember the specifics exactly. But something in the there's something in the novel about Billy having like dreams or visions or something about his ancestors, and he knows what the predator is because his ancestors had fought one. Oh, and okay. so that's kind of an interesting angle. Like, I wonder if that you know the writer or or Trackenberg had any knowledge of that when they you know came up with this idea, but probably not because it's you know it's not a completely novel concept but no I just but if that was you or i can come across some someone who is talking about it so can they so yeah. they very well may have been mm-hmm. and i really do like i used to read a lot of those novelizations as a kid because i was a big reader and it tripped me out when i was young i specifically remember the back to the future one mm-hmm. there's a whole sequence before he goes back in time between the band audition and that night at the mall he goes to detention and he starts a fire to get out of detention. <laughs> I think, yeah, they, he did an episode on that. And I think I remember him talking about that. Yeah. yeah. I did not understand at the time that it's because the, the guy writing, whoever's writing the novelization has to start work on it before they even are really filming. Mm-hmm. And they get one of those early drafts, which has whole subplots or right. a completely different ending or what have you. Yeah. Yeah, another interesting thing about that Predator novelization is it was not the Predator from the movie. I guess it's more like the Van Damme version (laughs) Um, because some of the chapters are told from his point of view and the Predator can like be – it's almost like the Predator can morph into other animals. It's a really weird concept, and I could see how it wouldn't really work in a movie, (laughs) but it's interesting that they did it that way in the book. But yeah, the other thing about, you know, other Predator stuff that I was going to mention already brought up was the Batman versus Predator because, you know, Dark Horse Comics had the Predator license in the 90s for most of the time, most of that time. And And they um, made a lot of comics. I remember seeing a lot of different comics. Yeah. And now Marvel has it and they actually just put out the first Marvel Predator comic this week. Oh, right on. Have you seen it? I mean, like, is it good? I've got it, but I haven't read it yet. But I have picked you? it up this week. What yeah. have you heard? Have you heard anything? My buddy that read it already, he liked it. Um, I was thumbing through it, and I saw that there were, like, other alien species oh. talking to humans in it. And I was like, ah, this is 
I don't really care about the predator <laughs> and the hierarchy of alien civilizations and stuff, <laughs> but I'll give it a shot. You know, I'm still going to read it. But yeah, these Batman versus Predator comics, they did, I think, three crossovers. Uh, the first one came out in like 90 or 91. And it is legitimately one of the best Batman comics I've ever read. It was written by Dave Gibbons, who was the artist and co-writer of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the artist... I do you know that? <laughs> I know enough about comics to know who David Gibbons is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got a he's got a pretty good pedigree. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the artists were Adam uh, Andy and Adam Kubert, uh, who are like kind of comic book or their dad is comic book royalty, Joe Kubert, and they're very accomplished as well. That was when they're in their kind of earlier days. Um, their brothers Andy did the penciling and a- Adam did the inking on that series. And it's essentially Predator shows up to Gotham. And Batman's got to stop him. <laughs> it's it's three issues. And so the Predator is in Gotham and he's targeting like mob bosses because those are like the kings of Gotham. Basically, uh, he targets a boxer who's like a, the heavyweight champ in a hotel in Gotham at the time. And it's a really I mean, it's it, it legitimately is one of the best Batman comics I think I've ever read. And they did a couple of sequels that I didn't like either one of them. But I definitely recommend that that first miniseries. It's three issues. There are trade paperbacks of it. And they might get harder to find now because DC and Marvel never co-published anything. So I'm not sure that they're going to reprint it anytime soon. But, but well, I'll tell stuff. you what, that sounds badass. <laughs> it, it really, I mean, it really is. I read it probably every four or five years. I'll read it again. It's a pretty quick read. Three issues that are, I think, 48 pages a piece. So it's, and it's a pretty pretty brisk uh, read with a lot of action. And I mean, the first time Batman faces the predator, he gets his ass kicked because he doesn't know what he's dealing with, but yeah, it's very cool. Um, yeah. I'm looking it up right now and it looks like the first listing lowest price is a collectible edition for 79 95. Wow. See that so, I'll bet two years ago before they got to, I think they Marvel got the license whenever uh, Disney bought Fox, they got all that stuff. They got alien and predator and everything. And I'll bet a month before that purchase of Fox, I'll bet you could have got that for 10 bucks. <laughs> but now everybody knows they're not going to reprint it. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. You know what? You can find it. Uh, you can find it online if you look in the right places. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, that's all I got really for, for uh, Predator, I guess. Or for Prey and Predator. Predator and Prey. Oh, my God. I see what they did there. <laughs> no, yeah. I I don't really have much else to say either. I think it's just a fantastic movie and any I, any if you are listening to this podcast you're gonna like it mm-hmm. generally speaking it i mean unless you're again some it's too woke for me you know <laughs> unless that's your shit in we which don't case you probably want haven't you listening anyway <laughs> and, and also in which case you're probably not gonna watch it anyway so <laughs> yeah but i mean if you're interested enough in those kind of movies to listen to a podcast like this you are the audience that it's made for go enjoy it go watch that shit because You'll be glad you did. It's a killer, killer flick. All right. Well, I guess we can move along to the other uh, big streamer that has dropped recently. Day Shift. Uh, Day Shift with Jamie Foxx. And directed by the great J.J. Perry. Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta we, throw him out first. Gotta, gotta, gotta name check the J.J. <laughs> so, yeah, J.J. J.J. Perry. J.J. Perry, I'm stuntman and then worked his way up to fight coordinator, stunt coordinator, all that shit. And this is his directorial debut. 
I know he got his start. I looked him up when I was watching the movie. Um, I wanted to see what the first thing he ever did was. First thing he was credited for in a movie was Johnny Cage's stunt double in the 1995 Mortal Kombat. So nice. most of the kick-ass stuff that Johnny Cage really does in that movie is not Lyndon fucking Ashby. It is J.J. <laughs> Perry. But um, yeah, he did like the fight coordinator. Uh, he was the fight choreographer on Haywire, the Gina oh. Carano movie. Mm-hmm. Which, whatever piece of shit she turned out to be, that movie <laughs> fucking rocks. Yeah, I um, never watched that. I would like to see it, but I just never should onto it. It's 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 a good movie. It's a really good movie, and it's got great fights. But yeah, it's exciting to see. You know, ever since John Wick, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and stunt stuntmen have done directing and and second unit directing and all that stuff before, but John Wick just really blew it open. Those two dudes, yeah. uh, Stahelski and David Leitch. Or Leech, I don't know how to say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously kicking ass doing what they do. But you also got Sam Hargreave, I think his last name is, who did Extraction, the yeah. Chris Hemsworth Netflix one. That was a cool flick. Yeah. yeah, whatever else you say about that one, the action is fucking top notch right. in that movie. Yeah, I didn't think it was a particularly great movie, but it was worth watching. It was a lot of really entertaining stuff in it, yeah. It's a great action movie. Yeah. I don't know that it's... A great fucking the story is like okay yeah i've seen this whatever a million times (laughs) but when shit is popping off yeah i'm i'm 100 there and this one bro (laughs) multiple multiple fist pumping yelling oh i mean i think my wife wanted to kill me a couple times (laughs) because i think it startled her because i get loud shockingly (laughs) no one can believe that listening to this but yeah oh there's just so many it feels there's a good action scene in the beginning of the movie, and then you go for a while while it sets up the character in the world, and and it feels like it goes maybe a little bit too long. Yeah. But then there's this big extended sequence where they introduce my boy, and from that point on, when the action comes in, it's just nothing but gravy, dude. Nothing but gravy. And I will shut up and let you talk now. I just want to, I just want <laughs> yeah, to kind of gush um, about it a little bit. Yeah, I had seen the trailer maybe three weeks ago, something like that. And I thought, oh, it looks pretty cool. And then I heard, uh, you know, the director on uh, Joe Dante's and Josh Olson's podcast last week. Oh. Uh, and they were kind of raving about the movie. And he, he kind of went through and talked about some of his influences and kind of gave his backstory. And uh, it was a really cool, you know, interview and, 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 and uh, talk about his, you know, his influences and stuff. And it made me really excited to watch the movie which i was going to watch anyway but um but yeah very cool it was a little goofier than i was expecting it's, <laughs> it's kind of a action com i mean it's definitely an action comedy um, oh it's yeah it's a comedy <laughs> but yeah the the action is unbelievable they have a lot of the the uh contortionist stuff going with that with surprised me how much they leaned into that but i was yeah. like okay you know that's yeah, the worked. world of the movie the vampires do this shit here <laughs> and and i really like the angle of a you know a, a, a cadre of vampire hunters that are essentially doing it for money like yeah. it's just a job which is a cool concept you know they that was kind of the concept of vampires in the novel exactly yeah before you know carpenter did his version which is a movie i really like uh carpenter's vampires and it's kind of different that, but it's still you know, sort of a bunch of badasses clearing out nests of vampires. You know? yeah. It's kind of, but still I've read the novel. I read the novel before the movie came out Yeah, uh, because it was this huge rave in Fango mm-hmm. that month. It was reviewed. And anyway, yeah, the movie like diverges from the novel, like about like not even a third of the way in, maybe a quarter of the way in. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's almost just that first opening sequence is in the in the because I read the book a few years ago. I, I uh, when I had the bookstore, I, somebody had traded a copy in. And I was like, well, this is going with me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I read it, you know, a few couple years ago. But yeah, yeah, it, like the first raid on the nest, and then the vampire hunters being massacred at the motel. Mm-hmm. From that point, it's completely different. Yeah. And this or day shift has a, a cool angle of. There's all these different like breeds of vampires, basically. And, you know, they find this nest and they're all like, you know, these they, they don't normally uh, cohabitate. This characters talks about like, hey, they don't normally cohabitate. You know, these it's it's weird that they're all together like this. So there's they realize something bigger is going on, like a lot of cool uh, little plot elements like that. Yeah. Which is not always introduced in the smoothest way. I appreciate that some of it is Dave Franco saying stuff for our benefit as an audience. And in the movie, it's so he's, you know, he's rattling it all off because he has to prove to Jamie Foxx that he knows what the fuck he's talking about or whatever. <laughs> but really, it's just so we understand shit. And there were a couple times when it dipped into exposition like that, where it was kind of like, you just, it's so obvious. It doesn't feel organic. It feels like the movie yeah. has to stop and catch us up on the way this this world of vampires works. But it's they're always, they, they do it two, three times, whatever. And it's always pretty brief and it is important shit. You go, okay, you listen. And then it, it's yeah. brief. It moves on and you're like, okay, cool. But I it think was, that it may was be, interesting. I was going to say, I think that may be a reflection of a first time director who's more, a lot more interested in doing the cool shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, which is fine. Like, I don't think that's, I mean, that's, I mean, you could say that's criticism or a negative or whatever, but it's a, I mean, who cares? This is not the kind of movie you got to get hung up on stuff like that with. It's just a fun action comedy, you know? Yeah, and it's really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Something I will say about J.J. Perry as a director of action is, uh, you know, obviously the fights are fucking killer. the The bigger scale stuff, like the 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 car chase, was really cool. And in that in that car chase, there's a shot, there's a drone shot that may be CGI assisted or whatever. I don't know, but it's like it whips around and goes around the cars and like kind of through the cars and then up and it captures another level where they're being chased and here's other vehicles and it swoops around them and comes back. But it's all, it's very well done. I think in what it's relaying to us visually and how it's showing us here's, here's where our heroes are and then swoop back. Here's where the people are chasing them and where they are in relation to this. And I thought that was better than the other two movies that are kind of, that, that came out and got a little bit of uh, notice for using drone shots, ambulance, which way the fuck overdoes it to me <laughs> because it feels like the day before filming, someone gave Michael Bay a drone for the first time. And he was like, well, this is all I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, it's just too much. But then again, you know, Michael Bay is an overcaffeinated kid mixed with a frat bro. So, I mean, of course, he's going to he's going to overdo it. And then the gray man had some drone shots, which I think were a lot better done than ambulance. But I think that one drone shot in the chase is better than either one of those in either one of those movies. And Michael Bay has been making movies for almost 30 years. Yeah. Russo has been working in uh, big budget movies for close to 10 um, and here comes this first time director and it's like, nice job, bro. Way to, you know, use the, the tool of the moment and use it, I think, in, in a better and cooler shot. Um, it's just, it stood out to me when I was watching. I was like, wow, good job. A lot of times people don't like that to be pulled out of the movie like that. And they will tell you that to notice a cool shot or this or that 
it means that the story in the movie isn't really doing its job because blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't pull you out if it was. But fuck you. I can watch things on numerous levels. I know you can. It was a cool fucking shot. I really liked it. And so I have babbled about it for two minutes straight. There you go. (laughs) You're you're right on, though. I assume the the, uh, decapitation you were talking about was the TV. Yeah. 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 And then there was another one with like a machete that got spun around the neck. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But the, the TV one, I yelled out. Which you know. they, they showed that in the trailer. Um, so I was, you know, you were expecting it in the movie, but still, still plays like gangbusters, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was definitely some stuff I recognized from the trailer, including something that uh, is more important than I thought. And I really liked how they brought her back around to it. I, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll just say that. But there was, there was stuff that I noticed in the trailer that in the context of the movie, it was just like my brain goes, I recognize that. But my present movie watching brain was like, oh, I don't give a fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie is just fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have noted that it, it brings to mind older 90s movies, mm-hmm. uh, maybe DTV movies uh, with a little bit bigger budget. Yeah, I can see that. So, and it's yeah. got DTV King, uh, Scott Adkins popping in for a, a, a little uh, action. And they let him do what Scott Adkins does, which... I kind of figured they would. Once I saw that he was in the movie, I'm like, J.J. Perry is not going to put Scott fucking Adkins in his movie (laughs) and then just kind of barely use him in the action stuff. No, he really gets to go off. And Steve Howey was impressive. Yeah. You know, when he first popped up, uh, when when they uh, drove up in their truck and, you know, I knew Scott Adkins was in there and I was like, is that Jim Caviezel? (laughs) Like, what? I can't believe Jim Caviezel's in movies anymore. I mean, that lunatic. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, Howie, I guess. Uh, but he yeah. looks he looks like Caviezel. <laughs> he kind of does, but no, it was Steve Howie from TV's Reba. Oh yeah, which is which is funny because I mean I saw Reba here and there. It was a you know it's perfectly serviceable sitcom. <laughs> Two straight but episodes I, getting a Reba yeah, shout out. Exactly. But I always <laughs> thought he was funny. I liked his comic timing. I thought he was funny as a big goofball. Mm-hmm. And then in something, I can't remember what it was. He shows up and I realized, one, he's he's really fucking big. Yeah. And two, when he gets a little bigger, when he put on a little muscle, he's a fucking imposing motherfucker. <laughs> and whatever it was I saw him in, he did a little bit of action-y stuff. It was big and, like I said, kind of kind of cut. And I was like, he must have been athletic or is at least athletic enough to pull it off on camera because, yeah, I'd like to see him do some action shit. And then a few years later, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't embarrass himself. He did really well. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely held his own. Yeah, and Dave Franco did really well. Yeah. Which I was surprised about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not – I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other about Franco. He's fine, I guess. Yeah. I like him more than his brother, so there's that. Yeah. I've so, I've seen people online noting, you know, and the good Franco did good. <laughs> they, but yeah, I, I mean, I, they, I'm fine with him. Yeah. I do wish they could have uh, found more stuff for Megan Good to do, just because I wanted to see Megan Good more. <laughs> but, uh, it was cool that she was on screen as much as she was. Uh, that is Chris <laughs> from the 2000s talking. <laughs> And that's okay. Uh, who was it. who was the uh, the girl who was the nurse? The sad ass, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I checked and I'd never seen her in anything, but I did see that she had been in that Crouching Tiger uh, yes. sequel, which I have seen one time and actually liked quite a bit for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's more of a straight ahead, you know, uh, ass kicking kung fu wuxia epic as opposed to like this transcendent, you know, 
work of art that works on multiple levels. I really liked it. Uh, lots of good action and fights. It's directed by Yen Wuping, so it's going to be... Anyway, yeah, she was in that. Her name is Natasha Lou Bordizo, mm-hmm. or B- Bordizo, Australian, of all things. She showed up, and, you know, it, when you've seen enough movies, her character shows up, and I'm like, okay, there's something going on, yeah. right? <laughs> but then... The next time she really is in the movie, she starts fighting and you see her start doing physical shit and you're like, oh, if they continue to keep using her in this uh, capacity, which they did, I'm like, I think the whole reason she's in this movie is because they want to showcase how badass this chick is. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's killer. I want to see, I want to see her headline (laughs) a fucking, I want to see Amber Thunder, Amber Mint Thunder have an, a starring role in an, in an action movie like once every two or three years. And I would like to see uh, this lady start getting the same, uh, the same chances. Cause she hey, film in there together. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Make it a buddy, a buddy flick with the two of them. Fuck hey, it. and throw Megan good in there just for the <laughs> hell of it. <laughs> Chris over here, like, you know, you can just go ahead and put Megan good in any, any movie. It's not, it, it can only help it. Right. Exactly. All right. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought her up. I, I really wanted to sing her praises because I she blew me away. And, you know, Snoop Dogg uh, pops in for a handful of scenes. And I really I enjoyed. Cool. I'm sorry. I just really I, I don't mean to. I know I said no spoilers, but I'll give away a little bit. You're like Snoop Dogg. Is he just playing like a comedic like, you know, mm. comedic support kind of <laughs> thing? And he kind of seems to be that early on. Yeah. But then they let him whip a little ass. And mm. it's really fucking funny when he gets like this featured ass whipping and yes. Jamie Foxx is like <laughs> providing commentary. And I'm fucking di- oh, he didn't know. He didn't know, did he? He didn't know. And I'm just fucking dying. <laughs> that was a great moment. That was a great, a great moment. They had a couple really good buttons like that where it's just, you know, that's what makes the ones that stand out stand out because, of, you know, they, they go the extra mile. They, they give you those little moments. It's a little extra touch that means so much, Chris. <laughs> now, was was that DB Sweeney as the as the uh, the boss? No, uh, it's a it's a little known character actor who's getting some good shine on Netflix. Actually, okay. uh, Eric Lang or Lange. I think well, I want to say Lang because it's spelled like Jessica Lang, and that's how she says her name. So that's how I'm gonna say it. He was in. The horror Netflix limited series, Brand New Cherry Flavor. Oh, okay. That came out this last fall. Dude. (laughs) Bro. That's one that much like Prey, everyone who has seen, and unfortunately not everyone saw it the way everyone seems to have watched Prey, but everyone who has seen it has said the same thing about the star of that show, Rosa Salazar. She's it's not in the same way. She's not like a physical badass in that yeah. show the way that Amber Mint Thunder is. But she was also the motion capture basis for Alita in Alita Battle Angel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I know she did a lot of st- uh, the actual stunt work and choreography for the, everything that she could do, you know. Uh, so she is pretty physical, but she was amazing in that. And anyway, Eric Lang is like the smarmy Hollywood asshole in that show. And he I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's great. And so when he showed up in this, I immediately turned to Tiff and I was like, ah, brandy cherry flavor, it's Lou. And just a perfect mullet on that dude. I was going to ask you, do you appreciate the mullet? It's not just, it's not just the cut. It's the color. (laughs) Yeah. It's the color. It's like this, like, burnt asshole orange. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) 
It's so great. Yeah. Again, the little touch that means so much. Yeah, I think that's all I got for for day shift. Thumbs up. You know, no, I, I pray is the better of the t- of those two flicks for sure. Oh, uh, for sure. But, but day shift a lot of fun. A really cool action. Definitely worth watching. Prey is a lot like one that we could have talked about. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. The Princess that was on Hulu? No. Not as irreverent or as broad mm-hmm. as Day Shift in its comedy, but it's it's meant to be at least a little comedic. But that one's just a fucking blast. <laughs> it is so much fun. Bro, did you ever see the Vietnamese movie Fury from a couple of years ago? Don't think so. Okay, the the director of that, God, I know his last name is Kit. Um, he this is his movie. He okay. directed it, and dude, the action is killer. Do you know who Joey King is, the uh, younger female actress? Yeah, uh, she was in The Conjuring. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Well, she's like seventeen or eighteen years old now, and apparently that little chick is super fucking athletic because <laughs> she can learn some choreography. Yeah, like. Dude, you got to see it. It's a lot. That and Day Shift, I I would say they're not on the level of Prey in that Prey is just a great movie, right? Mm. Day Shift is a great action horror comedy, like a really entertaining one. But it's not like, it's not the kind of movie they're going to make people go, it could be better than the original Predator. (laughs) It's not that level of quality. It's just not. But it's really fucking good and it's really fucking fun. It, It delivers what you want it to deliver what you need it to deliver day shift does that the princess does that so there was a little bit of extra bonus shit for the princess <laughs> there peoples that's what we do we give you the good stuff and then some well the uh other one i wanted to bring up it's a straight to dvd flick that you can only really get through the director's website i think right now and i backed it on their uh their gofundme um Man, I guess about a year and a half ago, as soon as they put it up, I was on it. Man, had to wait for a while, but yeah. it's essentially the sequel to the WNUF uh, Halloween special, which... What is the name of it? Do you know what the actual uh, specific... I think the short version is the Out There Halloween mega tape. Okay. <laughs> but the long version, I guess, would be Trader Tony's Tape Dungeon. Yeah. There you go. The Out There Halloween mega tape. But yeah, it's it's... It's more of the same, except it jumps forward. Yeah, so the original, a uh, almost a found footage type uh, Halloween like comedy set in the eighties. It's it's essentially a uh, videotape. It's as if you're watching a, an old video t- VHS tape where somebody had recorded a Halloween special off television, and so there's like fake commercials in there. There's like a part of a fake newscast, and then there's this fake Halloween special about uh, a reporter taking some psychics into a haunted house to do like a seance. Very cool throwback to like 80s pop culture, sort of. I really love that first Halloween special. So what did you think of the the, the second version here? I really, really liked it. It gave me the same feeling that the first one did. I, I guess you, you'd have to say it was a little deluded because, mm-hmm. because of already experiencing the first one, even though that first one re-watching it feels the same all the time. Yeah. And this feels like more of the same because it is, you know, let's call it what it is. It really is. Although it does things the first one didn't do. Uh, The whole talk show thing is really funny. And then it's, it's about uh, the alien abduction or the alien uh, aspect of it. And then they bring back the, the smarmy talk show host. I, I thought it was great. I really liked the, the commercials again, that was a big part of it for me because, again, I grew up 
during that time. I did the only nitpick, and it's not really a nitpick. It's just me being weird. When it started, it was probably about the third commercial break. Um, and they have the commercials just like the first one. The commercials are more frequent than actual commercial breaks are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, you know, only so far into the movie. The third commercial break, I was thinking, you know what? As long as they wanted to keep doing these, they could just keep fucking doing these. As long as they could <laughs> yeah. keep coming up with ideas for the commercials and new frameworks to hang the specials on or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they could just keep jumping forward every two years. You know, this one is now 1990. Now this one is 93. And then when I realized what year it was supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be 97 or 98, something like that. I think 98, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, they jumped forward too far. They didn't leave, you know, they, they could have, mm -hmm. like in my head, I had already hoped that they would do that. And I was like, oh, you know, you guys didn't give yourself enough room. You jumped ahead <laughs> too far. But really, it doesn't matter. They could just go back and do one set in 1985 tomorrow. Sure. You know, and then one set in 2000. It doesn't matter. But other than that weird little thing that is just, I'm sure, unique to me, I felt it really was more of the same, which is not a complaint at all. Mm -hmm. I like the callbacks to the first with the, the Ed and Lorraine Warren stand-ins. Yeah. The way they kind of brought them back, um, the way they acknowledged the original producer. And I was like, "Are they, is she actually going to show up in it? And then she did. Mm -hmm. In a commercial, but and then even real quick in their makeup, I th I know the guy is the same, the one who was in the devil uh, makeup this time. Yeah, he was the same news anchor guy, so I assume it's the same lady. I think it is, but I'm not certain. But yeah, it, you know, I thought it was. It's just a lot of fun. If the first one appealed to you, you'll probably this one will appeal to you too. Yeah, I pretty much felt the same way. Like I was really excited about it, especially knowing that it's going to be set in the 90s, which I kind of grew up in the 80s and the 90s. I was born in 80, so I still remember a lot of stuff from like the mid to late 80s, but uh, I really came of age, you know, in the 90s, and that's when I've when I've got the most nostalgia for, really. Um, well, yeah, you're 10 and 90, and you're 20 and 2000. Yeah. That's a lot <laughs> of important shit between 10 and 20 growing up-wise. Yeah. yeah, so the, these commercials, especially, you know, the tape starts the end of like a kid show it's like a an animated show but it's like a power yeah. rangers type thing so they get some kids commercials in there that are very similar to this kid the, the commercials i was watching as a kid cutie uh, cutes yeah. and uh th there's like the ricky lake talk show you know which i watched ricky lake when i was 11 <laughs> years old because i thought hey this is what grown-ups watch so i would watch that a lot of those bullshit talk shows and a lot of those like people's oh. court type bullshit <laughs> jenny jones and sally jesse and rosie do you watch rosie a little bit by the time she got a talk show i, I remember thinking it was kind of neat that she had more of a tonight show type setup but it was yeah. a daytime talk show which yeah. was interesting <laughs> uh, when she was like a few years into that uh I, it was a thing where I would come home. My shift was such that my lunch was in the afternoon mm. and I would come home for lunch and eat it. And I would watch the fucking Rosie O'Donnell show. <laughs> I'm like maybe 20 years old and I'm watching Rosie O'Donnell eating like a sandwich. Or something. <laughs> See what Rosie's up to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you said, it's a little bit of diminishing returns just because one of the, the special things about that first one is the novelty of it. Mm. And, this one, you're getting basically the same stuff, just a little bit updated. So I definitely like the first one more. And also, even though I grew up more in the 90s, you know, this one focuses on a daytime talk show. And then there's like a in search. Well, not in search. That's 70s, but um, an alien autopsy type 
yeah. uh, uh, TV program, kind of fake news program. And I'm just not as interested in that stuff as I am in the, you know, the haunted house seance thing that's in the first special. But I still liked the, uh, you know, the out there Halloween mega tape. And it's also cool that they gave it like a backstory. I don't know if you read the little insert in the DVD. No, no, I did see that that was there and I was going to look at it when right before we started. and I never did. Yeah, it it kind of gives you the backstory on who Tony Trader or Trader Tony is and oh. how the 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 uh, this tape kind of came together. It's pretty interesting, and um, I, I backed it at, on the on the uh, the GoFundMe just for the DVD because at the time that's all I could afford. <laughs> <laughs> but then once they released it and you could buy it on the website, they have the VHS DVD combo that comes with like a little booklet. That's like, it's fake obviously, but it's like Tony trader or damn it. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> trader Tony's video log. So you can look through all these fake titles that have little paragraph write-ups and these are titles you can supposedly order from Trader Tony. So that's kind of a cool little feature that they threw in for that. Uh, but yeah, very cool, very cool stuff. I'm glad they did another one. And if they do another one, you know, in 10 years, because like it's been nine years since the first special. So if they do Damn. another one, you know, in a decade, I'll I'll check that one out too. Hell yeah. And hopefully I'll note that there's a campaign this time. I was part of the the campaign for What Happens Next Will Scare You. The other thing they did uh, in between these. And I didn't, I didn't, I never saw anything about, or if I did, it didn't register. Because, I, I mean, I, I would have done it. Yeah. I know you were off Twitter for a while. So maybe the Yo. campaign for that dropped while you were off Twitter. Because I, I did the What Happens Next Will Scare You too, but that, that campaign started after the WNUF campaign. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah. They, but it's cool that, like, as soon as they were done, you know, the backers got them and they were immediately available for, you know, people to buy. So That's right. And I'm yeah. assuming it'll probably be on Shutter. you know, probably, maybe even by Halloween time. So I would hope so. I really would. Because, I mean, again, I think well, you and I both know a lot of people online that really digs that first one the way do, mm-hmm. the way that we do. And I think the people that I know that, that have seen it enjoyed it too, just like we did. So, yeah, I think us horror geeks will definitely get off on it. And, uh, and being of the age we are, I think that does have a lot to do with it. But For sure, yeah. You know, most everything is made for the youth. We deserve <laughs> our shit too. Yeah, I guess that's all I really got on on uh, the mega tape. Anything else you want to bring up? I know you caught the black phone earlier today. So fucking monster uh, of a flick. Yeah, that's yeah, I, so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was excited to see it pop up on on Peacock. I saw that on Twitter today. Somebody had mentioned it, and I didn't think it would be out this quick to stream. But yeah, it's neither did I. Exciting. I was yeah, I was really happy to see it. Uh, I retweeted it. You may have seen my retweet of Problems. Isaac, um, <laughs> Isaac's haunted beard, you know, doing the Lord's work out there or <laughs> Satan's, whatever you want to call it. He's just letting everybody know. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I know what I'm doing tonight. And Tiff was excited. And have you seen it? Did you yeah, get to I saw it, um, you did. when it yeah, I saw it in theaters when it began. which is yeah. only June, man. Right, yeah, it wasn't long. <laughs> oh my God, time has no meaning anymore. Yeah. If you had asked me, I would have been for sure. But oh, that's like four months old. Then also, I was surprised that it felt like it came on quick. So I, I have no concept of time. But yeah, oh, I loved it, dude. I loved it. Sinister is my favorite Scott Derrickson movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not 100% sure that this is like exactly as good. They're obviously not doing the same thing. They're very different movies. But... It's. It, I feel like it can stand. It can stand tall next to next to Sinister. It may not be quite as good, but it can hang out with it for sure. It's 
So great. I loved it. So great. So great. So great. Go watch I'm it. Glad, I'm glad you liked it. I loved it as well. So it's good to hear that you're, you you dug it as well. Oh, man. Yeah. Just great characters. Really strong storytelling. Uh, very assured direction by our boy Scott Derrickson doing his thing. Ethan Hawke being fucking yeah, He's incredible in it. Yeah, it's great. And the the kid, the two kids are yes. extremely good in, in the black phone. The the boy and his sister, yeah. Finny and Gwen. Yeah, they, they make you care, which is what you need, really. Yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, uh, let people know where they can find you on the internet. They can find me at, at Haunted Gels at Twitter, the Twitter.com machine. Just, you know, as I always say, being stupid, talking movies, bitching about the world, hopefully being more fun than not. That's and what I you, do. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. The show also has Twitter and Instagram pages at Small Screeners. Feel free to give us a, a review on your podcatcher of choice. And I've also got another podcast, actually, uh, that focuses on 90s comics with my buddy Jesse Starcher. It's called unspoken issues and it can be found on the source material comics podcast feed but yeah that's pretty much it thanks for listening to this bonus episode we'll be back in a few weeks with an episode on batman under the red hood gonna leave you guys with a day shift trailer as we roll out